welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your permanent announcer, Dr. Jeremy White, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by our special guest, Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California. And she'll be bringing us today's topic on overcoming the fear of the unknown. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will receive the on-air free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we're going to catch up with our co-hosts, Conjure Man Ali and Miss Kat. How are you guys doing today? Oh, hi, Dr. Jeremy. Um... I know you're locked down in Seattle. Is that right? not true? I am. You're locked down in Seattle. Yeah, it's like quarantine in Seattle. Yeah, you're quarantined in Seattle. Well, we're quarantined out here in California, and um, it, today is just a beautiful day. Gosh, it's just a beautiful sunny spring day. And I have spent, let's see, the last, um, that would be six hours, uh, correcting database errors going back to 2016 with my lovely husband. And as is our want, we've just lay in bed with our laptops um, correcting database errors. So obviously, uh, to quote Doc Murphy in the chat, um, we're backtrackers. I mean, you know, you have to be kind of out of your mind to go, oh, look, this was an air pro bono fund candle, and they forgot to put Air Pro Bono Fund, they left it as the default, which is PayPal. Oh, my gosh, I better change all the defaults to this, to that. Oh, and they didn't put down the price of this candle. Oh, and look, here they spelled the name of this candle wrong. And um, there are multiple, 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 multiple thousands of these errors. And for some reason, because I can't you know, go outdoors and run my shop, I've, I'm sitting here doing that. Please pity me. <laughs> It's awful. Oh, you're pitied. We give you pity. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's like oh. when I was a kid. It's like when I had chicken pox and I was shut indoors. I mean, it's just awful. But my mother gave me puzzles to play with, you know? Sam Lloyd mathematical puzzles, puzzles from the Scientific American. So here I am. I'm, you know, shut in. I'm almost going to cry of pity for myself because no one else cares. Oh, well, you care, but, you know. Just... Well, we were working on a tremendous puzzle just the other day. I know, from one puzzle far. to another. I know, and yes, and then just just Tuesday, Jeremy and I spent 11 hours on Skype. 
it was fucking 11 hours, Jeremy, on Skype. Of I know. Trying to sort out the um, puzzle, which we hadn't quite solved yet, but wait for it. We're going to solve it next week, I'm sure. Maybe the week after next. The puzzle of the Book of Lots of Sefer Hargorolot, the the Book of Lots, possibly by Chaim Vital, but possibly not by Chaim Vital. We don't know, actually, at this point, whether it's by the 77, no, the 70 sages who taught the Pharaoh Ptolemy, whether it's by Chaim Vital, <laughs> or whether it's by um, a rabbi, well, he wasn't a rabbi, um, uh, Ahitophel, the advisor to King David, and 117 angels. Mm, um, right. It's a game that anyone can play. We're trying. To, we found out basically that all of the information about all of these sortilege books of the late antiquity and up into the Renaissance that are written in Hebrew is just bullshit. That, is that a good word for it, Jeremy? Bullshit. <laughs> well, they've all been conflated. I'll say they've been conflated yeah. because some idiot in Jerusalem in 1965 put them all out without their tables and then they were described wrong and then somebody translated them to English without their tables so you can't do a sortilege book without tables unless you have some other method of sortilege and many of them are published with pictures of dice on the cover because the idiots don't even understand that they're not about dice they're about looking in the Tanakh for um, books and and pages and chapters, verses, letters, words, you know, blah blah. It's really complicated. <laughs> I wish I wish Ali that you had time to join us. Can you imagine? Uh, that sounded sort- right up my alley. It's, it's right it's up your- super okay, so fun. This is, it's I just got to say it. This is a sortilege where you take the Tanakh, but you can only use the books of the major prophets. You can't use mm. the minor prophets. You divide that book or whatever books you have in two. And then you count seven pages, and then you count, well, seven leafs, excuse me, seven leafs, and then you count seven pages, which already the translators have given as half pages, but it's not. It's half leafs, right? So you then go seven leafs, seven pages. Then you go seven chapters. Then you go seven verses, right? And then you go seven uh, sentences, and then you go seven mm. words, and then you go seven letters, right? And then the next letter is your 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 sortilege, and that letter oh, being in so Hebrew, cool. isn't this cool? Isn't this cool, Ollie? I do you love it. The next letter being in Hebrew is a number, and that's mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. number that you're going to go back and do your code with. Cool, huh? And then you'll get your answer. Oh. I lo- this is the type of stuff I just love. Like, I could immerse myself in that for hours, for days. Yeah, yeah well, Jeremy and I <laughs> have been uh, immersed. We are, we are, we almost drowned in it on Tuesday. We, I mean, literally 11 hours in Skype. Meanwhile, we're both running off and buying super expensive books, you know, on on Abe books and on Amazon and and in you know eBay all of these you know like rare books and who's going to get the only copy which one of us is going to pay for that one right <laughs> <laughs> I let him buy the books in Hebrew because I can't read Hebrew for crap I can barely parse it out so but but oh and some of them you're going to love this Ali some of them the tables are not that way the tables there are twelve tables. And the tables are based on the 12 stones of the 12 tribes of the 12 signs of the zodiac Um, and the breastplate of Aaron. Isn't that uh, cool? That is so cool. That is so cool. 
So this is this a lockdown, has, well spent. <laughs> this is what you do when you're freaking locked down, locked up. You just go crazy with numbers because numbers. I don't know why I love numbers. Um, but so the other thing is now, of course, the commitment is Yippee going to actually do authoritative reprints of all of these for the mm. you know for the three hundred English speaking Kabbalists who need them in English because I'm for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we need to. They're all there's so many of them, Ali. There's many of them and and they all exist in totally butchered, mutilated I mean this guy, I call him the Llewellyn publishing of Jerusalem nineteen sixty five. He put them out without their tables. Ah. What the fuck was he thinking? <laughs> right? <laughs> And then there's four pathetic people in Amazon saying, I used to have a a, a Gorolot, and it was easier to use than this. Right? You can't use this one because it has no tables. Right? So we're getting all – I mean, there are – we've put up pictures of the – manuscript forms from Iran. This is like in Iran they're copying them by hand with watercolor tables. I mean it's Oh interesting. Amazing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna love this, Ali. You you should be on the on the uh the board putting this pile together. It's just I'm, a, it's I'm, just a money pit. You know, We're just gonna pour money into it because, you know <laughs> Well why not? Why not? I mean, you know, somebody's got to do it. It's fucked up. Somebody's got to fix it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how, but this is also how stuff gets preserved, right? Someone finds an interest in it, and then it develops from there. Otherwise, who who else is going to do this, right? 20 years from now, right. no one's going to even know what we're talking about. Right. I mean, people right. don't know what we're well, talking about. <laughs> you, know, you know what's so interesting? There's this hundred and some dollar book um, um, called um, – my lots are in my hands, and it's this you know hugely academic print on demand hardcover for over a hundred bucks, so both Jeremy and I bought copies right because because right you can get it for fifty bucks in paperback, but you know why bother right so mm-hmm. um so now we have it, and the book is already fucked up I mean we're already looking at it, and like, oh no, we already know more than what's in this book, <laughs> and it's a freaking academic book, so yeah, somebody, and of course, who are we? We're just a bunch of people who know the math of sortilage. What yeah. happened was these academics go at it, and they're going, yeah. well, they can do a line-for-line reading or whatever, and they certainly are fluent in Aramaic and Hebrew and God knows what, but they're not actually trying to throw the lots, and so they're not, I mean, yeah. they're not doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely anyway. true. Yeah, this is it's the same thing with when, when they started doing translations of, like, astrology texts. Like, they understood the line by line, but they've never cast a horoscope before. So they're sitting right. there making like really fundamental mistakes, really basic mistakes that anyone who would ever cast a horoscope, like, yeah, that's, that's not how that goes. But yeah, I see the well, same thing. Academics can translate. They don't always know what they're doing, though. That's right. Like when they said a, a, a page and a half page, I knew exactly what they meant. I'm a printer. They meant a leaf and a, yep. and a page, right? I mean, it's so obvious. Yep. But even more than that, the numbers don't work out. And also, this reminds me of what happened to the Picatrix, as you know. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. That's exactly right. I was actually thinking the, about the Picatrix. The first translation of it, and, and you're just like, nope. That's, yeah. Yeah. So the Picatrix, yeah. for those who are listening and don't know what we're raving about, is a um, an Arabic grimoire, very important grimoire. And the and the translation of it into English was totally botched. Yeah. And it yeah. had to be done again. It had to be done again. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Uh, 
yeah, so, yeah, and so anyway, thanks for listening, Ollie. If you ever want to, you know, tune into our Skype conversations and hear us cursing fluently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, de- eventually, I'm definitely tempted. It, eventually, we know of at least three of them um, that we are going to be putting out. There may be a fourth one. We're not sure at this point. There's also a fifth one or maybe a fourth one that Jeremy did himself. This is kind of where, I mean, all of this started with the, and plus, oh, and I got to say something else about these sortilege books. You know, a lot of Christians think that, um, you know, magic is frowned upon in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And um, that's because they don't actually understand the Hebrew where all these sortileges are going on. Um, Sortilege is a consistent form of Jewish magic, which was certainly translated into English. There are other sortilege, but we're talking about some very ancient sortilege books. Now, there are much, many good modern sortilege books. One is um, uh, The Mystic Fortune Teller with the Magic Square by Walter B. Gibson. Another one is The White Magic Book by Mrs. John C. Le Breton, who was actually Sir Cyril Arthur Pearson under a pseudonym. And mm. that one was reprinted by Samuel Weiser. And Samuel Weiser never explained why he picked it up and did it. But it's a modern one. Anyone can write one of these. They're not um, sacred in and of themselves. But these, they're sometimes in the, uh, called sortes, but that would be mm-hmm. the plural, sortes books. Or gorolot would be the Hebrew. There are many of them. And the, the most well-known in Hoodoo, and certainly the one that you see over and over in Hoodoo, is called Napoleon's Oraculum or the Book of Fate. And that has been sold many, many different editions of it in hoodoo drugstores. It's quite a good one. It's not bad at all. No one knows its exact origin. It. When I was young, I thought, oh, they're just bullshitting. Napoleon could never have owned it. But actually, Napoleon did own it. I was just too skeptical as a kid to understand how old these books were. And uh, they go back to Greece um, and um, and to, you know, late antiquity. And the one that's called Napoleon's Oraculum supposedly uh, came from Egypt. But that doesn't mean it's Egyptian. It's Mm. very likely um, Jewish-Egyptian slash Jewish-Greek slash Greek-Egyptian. It's not Mm -hmm. French, for sure. It's not French at all. Mm -hmm. And um, this whole story of the 70 sages who taught Ptolemy uh, Judaism um, is an old Hasidic story, so the story is a little after that time period. But those Sortes books were being produced in Egypt and um, by Greek-speaking Jews and um, also mm-hmm. by Greek-speaking Greeks <laughs> in, in Egypt at that time. So it's a wonderful story, and somebody should actually do a real, a real um, you know, investigation into how they got to where they are. But they're, they're not... Um, stupid. They're not fake. They're really good, really old. And as I said, Napoleon's mm-hmm. Oraculum or the Book of Fate, which is the one that confuses everybody. We've talked about this on the radio before, you and me, Ollie. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. one that confuses everybody because instead of using numbers like many of them do, or Hebrew letters that are numbers like many of them do, or using symbols like um, the White Magic Book by Mrs. John C. Le Breton slash uh, Sir, Sir Arthur Sir Cyril Arthur Pearson, he he went to um, 
zodiac symbols. But the Napoleon's Oraculum or Book of Fate uses phaco, I can't exactly call them phaco, it uses symbols that look like geomancy. Yeah, it's kind of pseudo But they're not geomancy because they're two lines too short, right? Yep. They're just printer's devices made up of asterisks. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, people have thought that these oraculums were a form of Arabic geomancy, that it's Mm -hmm. some sort of a, a degraded Arabic geomancy. But it's not. It's actually this other thing. It just so happens they picked a bunch of symbols that looked like geomantic symbols. But, Ali, doesn't that cry for you to write one that actually does use geomantic symbols? I know. I was just just thinking, how would it look if we did apply geomancy to it? I I can tell you. See, Jeremy and I can tell you. We can clue you on the whole thing. It's the question of the number of questions, the number Mm. of sortilages, and the number of answers. And you can easily go from the, the simple ones may have 900 answers, the more complicated can not only depending on how many questions, but how the sortilage works, you'll end up mm-hmm. with um, 256 answers or 2,500 and some answers. It just depends on the math. It's just a math um, yep. sieve, right? Yeah, you write your own with um, with geomancy, and I'll publish it. Okay? I mean, it's Ooh. easy. It's yeah. easy to do. Yeah. And the one that Jeremy did, Jeremy testified, the one that Jeremy did, he went to the trouble, instead of just having answers, every one of his answers is a line from the Bible. Mm. Oh, that's per- that's fantastic. But it also, it is a testament to the way in which you take these kind of mathematical uh, formula that's used for sortilege, but then you can associate it with so much, with biblical verses, with narratives, with stories, with stones, with images. Exactly. Exactly. It really becomes almost like a filing system, and it becomes so huge and so complex. Yes, it's a huge, complex filing system. And I'm going to tell you this other one that we were just looking at, the, the, the Gorolot. It's got this whole thing. One of the questions is, who should be my mate? Who should be my spouse? Right? Mm-hmm. So you go through all this thing with the, you know, the books and the, the seven pages and the blah, blah, and the blah, 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 and you get the letter and you blah, 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 and put it through the thing. And then what do you get? You get... The signs of the zodiac. You get sun sign readings for the signs mm. of the zodiac for men and for women, depending on what your number is. And they're really good sun sign readings, and they date back to the 1600s. Mm. <laughs> and nobody knows about this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's see the answers don't have to just be yes, no, maybe. Mm-hmm. The answers can be as complex as the questions are. The, the thing is the matrix that you put the question through to get the answer. Yeah. What's interesting is that, what's sad, I should say, is how these type of sortilages have kind of fallen out of favor, you know, and that kind of, the rise and hegemony of of cartomancy to a certain extent. Because, I mean, look look how complex and phenomenal and, and, (laughs) I mean, there's so much you can do with this. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see this stuff revived. Yeah. Well, see, I have to say that Sir um, uh, Sir Cyril Arthur Pearson tried to revive it in 1912 yeah. or whenever he did that book. And also, I have to give real credits to Samuel Weiser Publishing, maybe his son Donald, mm-hmm. but I think Samuel was still alive when he decided, I've got to put this thing back in print. And then 
the other person who kept this into the 20th century was Walter B. Gibson, the man who wrote all the shadow novels and shadow radio mm-hmm. shows. And, and he was also, among other things, he was a, a well-known stage magician before he retired to become a writer. And with his wife, Litzka, he wrote books on parapsychology and on divination. He was a wonderful writer. I knew the guy. I met him. He was absolutely a intellectual gentleman and knew what he was doing. He came out with this book in the 20s. Um, and he his thing was that instead of using um, other forms of divining, you know, the sieve, the, 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 the matrix you put it through, his was magic squares because mm-hmm. he was a math freak. So it's like all of these magic squares, all of which add up to some number, which Jeremy will soon tell me. What is the number they add up to? Uh-oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, the, uh, in which book? In Gibson's book. What is oh, the number that they are? 2,940 answers. Oh, wow. Okay, 2,940 answers. But when you do the square, what do the numbers in the square add up to? Uh, 175. There you go. You see? <laughs> right, 175. And, uh, yeah, they, 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 you can add them from left, uh, you know, each column or each row. Yeah. Or diagonally. Or diagonal. Yeah, and and so there are seven by seven squares, and there's one for every day of the week. I mean, everybody has. See, once you put the matrix in place, you then mm-hmm. end up with this huge, vast uh, number of answers. It's really great. All right, mm-hmm. that was my. That's how I spent my quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really loving it. Well, yes. you know. I was thinking earlier today, I was thinking it would be so pleasurable to go out to the beach and everyone, you know, it just would be so nice. And, and I'm like, yeah. no, but actually doing numbers gives me pleasure. You can see I got excited yeah. describing it. Mm-hmm. I hope to go out and smell the roses, you know, when they bloom. Yeah. Soon, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk with our special guest, Lady Muse. And, um, and we're going to only take one client today for readings. We already pre-planned that. We didn't tell you. Oh, and Luminaria Star said she used to go to Samuel Weiser's bookstore. Yes, that was that was something else. My mother uh, was a friend of Samuel Weiser's, and um, uh, that was a great occult bookstore. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Doc Murphy says, I have violet leaves in my shoes today. Good for you. All righty. Well, let's talk about uh, what we're going to do today. Let's bring on our wonderful guest who's been so patient and like listening to us rave about numbers. Um, hello, Lady Muse. How are you today? Well, hello there, Ms. Welcome. Kat. Welcome. Man Ali. I'm doing wonderful. Welcome, welcome. Dr. Jeremy. Yes, yes. We're good. We're great. Trying to uh, survive this quarantine like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say... I will say that I um, have used uh, Dr. Jeremy's book. I love it, Dr. Jeremy, by the way. I've used it on myself and also another client. So if you're into bibliomancy, this is a really good book. It's a must-have. It's, it's, a, it's very easy to use, and I, I love the results of it. But uh, we've been over here uh, trying to expand, well, not trying, but expanding the brand. You know, Ms. Cat, my, my brain is mm-hmm. always churning, coming up with new stuff. And so mm-hmm. we're so excited. Uh, we have the Hot Lips, the HSE Hot Lips Lip Gloss uh, on its way. Mm. It's en route to the shop, and I can't wait to get my hands on them. Um, one is uh, Kiss Me Quick, that's for love. The other one is Silver Spoon, that's for money. Mm-hmm. 
drawing, and the next one is Sweet Nothings for Favor. So I can't wait to get my hands on them so I can sing you some, and, and just we're just excited over here making it do what you do. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful, and yes. I love to see you doing that. And uh, Kiss Me Quick is the old formula that Kiss Me Now was based on. And um, it's a it's a perfume formula that goes back to the 1880s. You can find it. People who take my apprenticeship, they all know I have a post-it note right at that page in this old book of perfume formulas. Whoop, open it up. There's Kiss Me Quick. It's a very famous <laughs> scent. Yeah, mm-hmm. very yes. famous. Yes, so, yes Yeah. I, tr- I went with the name Kiss Me Now because um, I was using uh, some old art um for Kiss Me Now, and it's just slightly different. It's not quite the same. Kiss Me Now is a little different than Kiss Me Quick, but they're good. They're both uh-huh. good. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And then you I like your one. Silver, the best, silver, silver, <laughs> silver spoons. That's your one for money. Yes, ma'am. Silver spoons. Did you know the old saying that I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth? Well, in my mouth. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. You know, when I was a when I was a child. It was a good gift that a grandmother would always give a silver spoon to a for a baby, little spoon uh-huh. to be fed with. You know, uh, I don't think they do that anymore. Price of silver isn't all that high, but but it was just mm. a thing. You, you know, if your grandmother could afford it, she'd get you a silver spoon, and then your initials would be engraved on it. That's the way it was back then. Well, you've brought us the. Um, the topic, Overcoming Fear of the Unknown, and this is very topical. So just mm-hmm. for a moment, let's go into what is our biggest unknown right now. Well, we got a lot of unknowns around us, but right now, I don't know how many weeks we've been mentioning this on the show, we are still in the time of the um, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 mm-hmm. virus, uh, novel coronavirus, call it what you will, pandemic. It is not stopped yet. It is still ongoing. Most places are in lockdown. Um, uh, the larger companies have laid off tens of thousands of people. They don't even know how high the unemployment rate is. Some people saying the unemployment rate is 22%. Some people saying unemployment rate may be as much as 40% because some people didn't even bother filing for unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, they blew it when they um, sent the payroll protection plan money. They sent it all to the big banks who gave it all to their corporate friends, and now they're going to have to do it over again. Some of those big corporations are giving the money back. That leaves the small businesses for whom the money was intended with no money. And, in fact, some of the banks said that they ran out of the money within minutes because the big corporations had already put in their applications. So um, we have a lot of people on the verge of – the unknown. They don't know whether they're going to get sick. They don't know whether a person in their family is going to get sick. Originally, they said it's all old people. And it was kind of mean to hear some of those younger people say, well, it doesn't bother us. But now they found out, of course, young people die just as easily as old people. There may be a higher percentage of older people dying because, hey, there's a higher percentage of older people dying. But there have been children dying. There have been babies dying of this. So it's not Mm -hmm. just for old folks anymore. And that's another unknown. Am I safe if I'm not safe? People with diabetes are getting it. And um, people with heart disease. And now it turns out you don't have to have diabetes or heart disease. You can get it anyway. And one reason is they told everybody, oh, it's a lung disease. And then they found out it's actually a little more complicated than that. It's actually a um, 
uh, what's called a coagulopathy. And what's happening is that your blood is coagulating in your lungs. Yeah, that gives you a lung disease, uh, gives you a, um, oxygen deprivation. But people who have diabetes, their blood is clotting up in microclots in their kidneys. And um, some clots are in people's legs. There was a guy just recently, a Broadway yep. star, out of his leg amputated, clot in his leg. And Thank God they amputated because if it had broke loose, it could have gone to his lungs and he would have died within minutes, gone to the brain, have a stroke, gone to the heart. There are people literally falling to the ground. They don't even have a fever and they die within mm-hmm. two hours. So mm-hmm. this is the unknown. It started off as something like, well, I don't care. Old people get it. Now it's kind of who knows who gets it and who gets a mild version of it. There's a lot of theories that it's a bioweapon. I don't think that necessarily is true. In fact, I'm going to say I, I see no evidence that it's true. It could same, be, but I same. don't see any evidence. There are people who are saying, and here's where we go into the real crazy, there are people on television who happen to be the leaders of major political entities saying that doctors ought to test out whether injecting disinfectants into people would be a cure. Oh, my God, Kat. When I heard that, I just went. I face palmed. I did, you know the actual face palm image. That yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I actually screamed and face palmed uh-huh. at the same time. <laughs> so yeah. So now, of course, um, uh, President Trump has has suggested injecting bleach, Lysol, or hydrogen peroxide into people, also while shining ultraviolet lights or quote very powerful lights into them. He's not saying that people should do this, but I have been seeing evidence um, by following some of these um, virology and health um, uh, data stats, you know, statistic sites, that the number of people who've called in, because they've ingested, yeah. because, remember, he said injected, most people don't know the difference, ingest with a, with a needle, inject, you know, needle, ingest, drink. They don't get it. He didn't get it. He might have meant ingesting. Meanwhile, there's a church that's been shut down that's been basically selling people bleach and telling them to drink the bleach, right? So the number, so then, yes. So in New York State alone, the number of people who've called a hotline because they've drank bleach or Lysol or hydrogen peroxide and are now suffering distress has gone from an average of, you know, eight per week to 20 per week since he said this. Right. That's just in New York City. Mm. Right. Mm. So um, drinking bleach used to be a kind of an old fashioned suicide method. Um, Mm -hmm. You you really kind of wonder what that was all about. Anyway, so fear of the unknown has led people to be um, to do crazy things. Fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. has led people to um, just have complete emotional meltdowns, fear of the unknown. And there's many other unknowns, but this is a hot topic for right now this unknown of you know death is walking on the land and nobody knows who's going to get tapped on the shoulder and taken away mm-hmm. um so let's turn this over to lady muse um i think i've made it clear that this is topical at all times not just today take it away lady muse well as Ms. cat uh, was saying um yes the unknown and this covid-19 is it's very heavy on the land today, you know, and a lot of people don't know what to do in order to survive, in order to overcome this. So hopefully uh, what we're talking about today will help in those areas, not just as far as the COVID-19, but in the areas of fear, period, okay? Because fearing the unknown can prevent you from excelling in life. 
This is a type of paralyzation that many people struggle with and would like to learn how to overcome. There are many beautiful people who are intelligent and talented. However, fear is the enemy that stands in the way of their success on many different levels. Whether this is something that you go through or an issue of someone that you may know, we're going to open the door today to overcoming fear of the unknown. First, let's look at how fear is described in the dictionary and the difference in being fearful and cautious. What is fear? The dictionary describes fear as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Fear can be the root to anxiety, emotional breakdowns, stress, and physical illness. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. This scripture attests to fear as a spirit. Therefore, it could be cast out, bound, and or assigned when using left-handed work to cause havoc. Now let's look at caution. The dictionary describes caution as being careful to avoid potential problems or dangers. In other words, being aware and taking action to avoid situations is necessary. There is a difference in being cautious and being fearful. Yes, it is of great importance to pay attention to your surroundings, both in the mundane world and in the spiritual world. Being cautious should steer you down the road of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In other words, research, consulting your spirit guides, consulting your elders, etc. Fear steers you down the road of uncontrolled emotional imbalances of the psyche, which can also affect your physical body and its function. Fear is often an emotion that is rooted from past experiences, for example, program thoughts from childhood, from home, from school, from the community. You will never be anything. You're too ugly. You're too light. You're too dark. You're not smart enough. You're too weak. You're no good. You're too lazy. You're too fat. You're too skinny. These are all places where character is shaped and most influenced. As individuals grow into their adulthood, these implanted statements are strongly rooted into their psyche and strongly influences how the individual views themselves and their surrounding world. So, watch what you speak over your children and over others. Seek life into their psyche. There are some people that use their past experiences as fuel to be successful in overcomers in all that they do. On the other hand, there are people who get stuck into that stagnating bubble of lack of confidence, which is the sidekick of fear. Now that we have uncovered the enemy, the encouraging words for today are, you ain't never stuck. Step off the porch. Understand that you will never go anywhere if you don't step off the porch. Tell yourself, step off the porch and do it. Keep in mind that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The power of the creator is down on the inside of you and it brings life and that more abundantly. So step off the porch. Some people may say, but Lady Neal, this is not that simple. Well, it is as simple as you make it 
You dictate your success. You decide what you will and will not do. If you want to move forward, change your situation for the better. Recover and or rebuild by stepping off the porch. Overcoming fear of the unknown requires these things. One, healing of the mind. Unprogramming and reprogramming for success. Forgiveness of others and forgiveness of self. Raising your vibrations by feeding your inner man spirit. Faith through works. Keeping in mind that faith without works is dead. Faith and works are teammates and create movement of powerful energy within the spiritual realm. During this time of COVID-19, many people are fearful and stressing because they don't know what tomorrow holds. This is the time to collect yourself, cast out fear, and petition your spirit guides for wisdom and strength. Instead of complaining and panicking, set yourself and your family up to be ahead of the game. Get those rituals going and positive successful energy moving so that when things open up, you and your family will be lined up to receive your blessings. So kick fear into the abyss and step off the porch. Miss Kat? Oh, my gosh. You can preach. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that was? <laughs> you preach. That was that was beautiful. That was just so beautiful. You know, um, some of the things you said, and I was taking notes as you said it. Um, step off the porch. I love that. That is really, people become paralyzed uh, with fear. <clears throat> and I I look at them as playing a kind of mental game called Yes, But. It's an old game that was identified by a psychologist named uh, Dr. Eric Byrne and, uh, in a book called Games People Play. And uh, Yes, But is not stepping off the porch. You know, mm-hmm. things such as um, someone says, I'm afraid I'm going to starve to death because of COVID-19. I won't have any money and I can't buy any food. And you say, can you call a food bank and see if you can get some food? There yes, but there is no food bank. Oh, could I get you a number of a food bank? Here, here's the number. Yes, but I don't know those people. Yes, but I don't like to ask for charity. Yes, but... I'd rather complain. <laughs> Ultimately, How about that's what yes. Growing your own food. Growing your own food. Grab the seeds or take and take some of the vegetables. There's ways that you can take your Yeah, but again, they're going to say they're going to say yes, but I yes, have no yard. I live in an apartment. Right. And then you say yes, but you could you could get yourself some um, plastic tubs and grow plants in yes, the plastic tubs. Yes, but I have a black thumb. I've never grown a plant. Yes, but you could try. <laughs> yes, but I don't have a way to get the seeds. You know what I mean? It, 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 the game of yes, but is when they won't step off the porch. And this That's is right. step number one. Whatever the fear is that leads people to become paralyzed, um, Miss Michael, I love you, Miss Michael. You know what she just posted in the chat? She goes, in California, vegetable and fruit seeds can be purchased with food stamps. There you go. <laughs> there then you they'll go. say yes, but. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that puts that yes, but. Well, then they go, well, I don't have food stamps. Yes, but you can apply for them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, this goes on and on. So fear, fear is the great paralyzer. And one of the things that, I do to break fear with my clients is to just give them something to do. 
what it might be. Light a candle and think about what you're going to do next. Say a prayer and ask for help. Yes. Next week they call me back. I'm not going to name any names here, but it's been happening all through this COVID-19 disaster. Next week they call me back. They got the same question. I have my notes. I say, well, didn't I just tell you to light a white candle and pray for guidance? Did you do that? Oh, no, I couldn't get out of the house and get a candle. Could you have ordered candles? Could you have ordered candles online? Well, Well, just tell me what to do now. No, I already told you. You just get a candle. I gave you the simplest thing. Just get a candle and pray, for gosh sake. But fear paralyzes people to the point that they won't do anything. And sometimes I just have to sit on the phone with them and say, let us open our Bible (laughs) to Psalms 23. (laughs) And they go, no, 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 just pull another card for me. No, no, (laughs) you need to, you you know what I'm saying, man? Oh, yeah. Smile, right? Yes. So that's the wisest also. thing. What do you yeah. what do you tell Ollie when people are paralyzed by fear? Well, I tell people firstly that fear is a spiritual condition, and it is something that will also impact your magic. You brought up clients, right? This is the number one thing. You do work for a client, and then they call you every five minutes. It's not working. It's not working. <laughs> Day three now, I haven't heard anything. I've had, and, and wow, the, well, of course you haven't heard anything because you're in a state of fear. I had a client, yes. I'll, I'll tell you, where we were doing some, some work uh, and, uh, on this ex-person. The ex calls them up and says, I'm ready to leave this other woman and come back to you. This is, look, we got it, right? We're right on track. Everything is positive sign. The next day, I get an email. The next day, I get an email. Why is it the magic working? <laughs> that's, the state, that's the state of fear. So I'm an astrologer, and I always use uh, the, the astrology to help kind of understand this. Fear is ruled by Saturn. It is, the, it is the spiritual state of the unknown, of the underworld. So how do you address it? You use the positive aspect of Saturn. You balance it with discipline and with ritual. One of the first things I tell people is clean your house. Why? Because mm-hmm. the people who are in a state of fear have all, if you look around their house, you can see it. The trash has piled up. The dust has piled up. The house is a mess because fear paralyzes. And as a result, mm-hmm. your home looks that way. So you've got mm-hmm. to clean the hearth, clean up the home, do the little things, day-to-day activity. I loved when you talked about how you were, ta- you were doing numbers work and sort of like, mm-hmm. that's actually the exact thing you should be doing when the world is in a state of unknown. There's a very famous Jewish proverb uh, that's also found in, in Islam as well that says, if the end of the world comes, finish planting your tree. Mm-hmm. And the rabbi mm-hmm. said this because the idea is that you don't know what's going to happen. You can't predict the unexpected, but you can deal with the immediate. Be practical, deal with the stuff that's right in front of you. And this is really important. So start off by doing disciplined things. Discipline the mind, discipline the heart. If you're in a state of fear, make sure you're taking a bath or a shower daily. Make sure you're cleaning your house. Make sure you're putting on new, fresh clothes. Don't wear your pajamas six days in a row, right? Start with discipline. Take Saturn and make Saturn your friend, not the source of your fear, but the power of discipline. And then balance it with the power of Jupiter. 
charity. Nothing dispels fear like hope. And if you don't have hope, then give hope to somebody else. If you can only give a few cents, only a couple dollars to that homeless person, that is a good first step. This helps to kind of shake off the paralysis of, and starts to introduce action, power. So you mm-hmm. discipline the home and then you give openly from your heart. These are the two things. And let me tell you, they work on fear like a charm. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to add to that. Um, Saturn rules fear, Jupiter rules expansion, and the sun mm-hmm. rules confidence. Yes. And um, I tell people who are in a state of panic or fear to surround themselves with emblems of the sun. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, the House of Self-Empowerment, Lady Muse, your um, church has as its emblem a fiery lion. That mm-hmm. is a symbol of confidence and a symbol of the sun. And it's um, yeah. it really is a, a powerful image that almost everyone can understand what it means. Uh, sunflowers. Um, mm-hmm. Any family in the daisy family, any flower in the daisy family has some of that. And if it's a yellow one, so much the better. Um, mm-hmm. they, they have that little um, Fibonacci spiral in the center where their little, um, you know, structure is. And that is always is like the sun radiating light, and then they have the petals mm-hmm. that radiate mm-hmm. outward. So if you can find any flowers that are in the daisy family and bring them into your home, they will always inspire confidence. If they're yellow, like I said, so much the better. But white and yellow is fine. White is fine. Um, the idea of simple things that you can do to um, change your fear into confidence, as I said, lighting a candle because that's, again, an emblem of the sun, an emblem of expansion. And also um, recitation of Psalms 23 is probably mm-hmm. one of the most powerful psalms against crippling fear, in my opinion. Yeah. There are um, herbs that are used this way, too. Master root is used for mm-hmm. um, self-mastery. Yarrow, which is another yellow family uh, in a different family than the compositi, but um, but acolam, that's another one that's a very uh, powerful for courage. Yellow yarrow particularly. The white is okay, but the yellow is better. Um, those um, can be used in making a mojo, for instance. Mm-hmm. If you um, get some of the um, plants and flowers of self-confidence. John the Conqueror root, it's a root mm-hmm. of power. Uh, Queen Elizabeth root, another root of power. Those are not protective; they are expansive. When yeah. you're in a state of fear, the most common thing that I am asked by my clients is, "How can I protect myself?" Because they've given reality to their fear, and they think that what the fear has become embodied. And again, Lady Muse hit that perfectly, the spirit of fear. And so they want protection against the spirit of fear. But that's not how it works. Protection against yeah. the spirit of fear is not right. Um, it's more like you should be like Alice in Wonderland. You're nothing but mm-hmm. a pack of cards. That's exactly. Fear is a shadow. It can creep through any crack, but it will flee from the sunlight. That's right. That's right. So I also find you said something very valuable, Ollie, which was about cleaning the house and um, mm-hmm. 
And also, uh, I would say, making sure your windows are clean. Let the sunshine come mm-hmm. in your windows. Um, and put on nice clothes. And I will go even a step farther for me. Um, if I find myself just, you know, lying around, you know, naked or in a nightgown or whatever, and I'm not getting up or doing anything, and this has happened during this time I've been locked in. There have been days when I go, oh, damn, I'm just not going to get out of bed at all, or I'm just going to walk around the house naked because it's warm enough. You know, I have to make a conscious decision to put on a nice, clean dress, put on a nice, clean head covering, and put on jewelry. Mm -hmm. Put on jewelry. Because Mm -hmm. that's to say, I'm really here. I'm really claiming my space. I'm really being me. And uh, if it can be some magical jewelry that you have, that's good. Because after fear is prolonged for a long time, people can go into a state of total shutdown depression. And Mm -hmm. depression is harder to get out of than fear. And that is not the topic of this show how to deal with depression, although it might be the topic of another show at another time. But depression becomes a mental, neurological state uh, that really is hard to get out of. And it it can Mm -hmm. last a lot longer than the impulse of fear that shuts you down, right? Mm -hmm. If you've ever watched dog rescue videos... Go watch dog rescue videos. You'll know what I'm talking about. They rescue some dog, often if the dog has mange. This is something the dog Mm -hmm. cannot escape from. And the dog is completely shut down. The dog can't wag its tail. It can't look up. It doesn't fight anymore. It just lies there. That's what happens when fear, living on the street, no food, has become a total shutdown for the dog. And these dogs just hang their head and they look away, not like a regular dog. And it's so Mm -hmm. interesting that dogs are then given a bath, they're groomed, they're petted, they're fed. It often can take two to three weeks before the dog starts to wag its tail. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for a dog, wagging its tail is just a natural thing. It says, hi, I feel good. It's not, you know, it's a greeting sign. Some dogs Mm -hmm. will wag their tail in five minutes after they've been rescued, and some takes longer. And it's so sad to see depressed dogs, but it's so sad to see depressed people. Now, dogs Mm -hmm. can be brought out of it with comfort, with love, with touching. And um, so that's another thing that this particular unknown we're dealing with, because we're told not to hug, is very hard for us because... We're all joking about virtual hugs and this or or the other. But just like a dog, they want to be hugged, we want to be hugged. And Mm -hmm. so I would say one other thing. If you have pets, please spend time with your pets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it it, it will allow you to have a little oxytocin rush. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll feel good. If you have a, a partner or lover, I've been getting calls from clients who told me that they've just stopped having sex. They're all they're in lockdown together with their partner, and they they can't have sex anymore for some reason. The, Something has gone the, wrong, and I'm like, oh, that's bad. Can, it's like, wow, that's a warning sign right there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's other, you know, Ali said, you know, clean the house, get dressed. Mm-hmm. He's right. Um, another one might be wear some perfume. You know, mm-hmm. put on something that makes you. You, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very. It, these are mental exercises that become physical. But I 
if you're going to put on a perfume, you know, give yourself a, a choice of perfume that has a strong component of power to it. Yeah. Uh, there are, yeah. you know, not not your slinky, you know, weird musky thing, but, you know, something that really says, hi, I'm here and I'm bold and I'm proud of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that in addition to, to kind of the things you can do, I'm a big, I'm an earth sign, so I think earth really helps here. And there are some limitations when you're in lockdown when it comes to access to earth, but you can still go outside. Being able to be in nature, even for five minutes a day, making sure you get that sunlight, staying away from people, keeping social distancing rules. But if you can get that sunlight, get the sunlight. Don't shut yourself in. Don't hide in the house. You need that vitamin D. You need that sunlight. You need to be able to go out there. You need to be able to be in nature. You know, take your dog for a walk. Go outside. Breathe in that fresh air. That works wonders. And then in terms of the kind of one of those really powerful herbs that deal with fear, bay leaf. Bay leaf is solar. As Miss Cat rightly pointed out, the power of the sun here is really strong. It's one of those solar herbs, and it really, really works well to drive out fear while also bringing in confidence and mental clarity. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one, bay leaf. Bay leaf um, used to be used to make crowns of leaves for the head, and Mm -hmm. uh, it has a direct effect on the brain. Absolutely, bay leaf is good. And... um, you know, I I think of small rituals like, um, you know, if you have bay leaves, write some write some words on them. Use a sharpie, a little pen or something, and write some words on them and put them outdoors where people might find them. Right? Mm. Words of cheer, words of you know happiness and joy. Um, you don't know who's going to walk by. Maybe they'll see that little bay leaf you stuck in the fence, and they go, "Huh, there's a word on that bay leaf," mm-hmm. and the bay leaf says, "Happiness." Right? You can do that. And bay leaves are a wonderful way to promote courage and uh, wisdom. Really uh, nice way to do it. Miss Michael says, pray over your supplies of edible magical herbs. You know, the ones in your kitchen to fix your own mm-hmm. food. Ah, so good, Miss Michael. So let's look at that. Let's look at a list of herbs that are edible herbs that can be used for um, courage and strength and power. Okay, one of them, bay leaf, we just talked about. Doc Murphy said bay leaf bath. Yeah, that would work. Another herb, uh, actually a couple of them, that are used for courage are coffee and tea. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can bathe with them and you can drink them. Another mm-hmm. one is ginger, right? Ginger is a strengthener um, oh, of courage. Yeah, yeah. Very, very important. Another one is cinnamon. It's another excitant herb. And all of these, cardamom. Oh, my gosh, cardamom is another um, one that's an excitant. Uh, It also happens to be antioxidant and it's antiviral. So, hey, why not? Turmeric is another. And if you make, if you use turmeric and make Indian style curry and make a yellow curry, how solder, how fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are all, um, oh gosh, and, and Nagashiva said, do it with asafetida. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd just be doing that, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, those those herbs you should 
pray over them before you use them and pray that you know may may these herbs be used for my power and my strength may i have um good strength i'm going to also say something else about overcoming fear of the unknown i've been seeing a lot of memes on facebook about getting drunk Um, people are talking about it's okay to drink wine at 10 a.m. if you're locked down. This has become a meme. It's quite common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to tell people that they need to understand that alcohol does relax your inhibitions briefly, but it is a depressant. Why would you want want to send out memes telling people, here, take this depressant at 10 (laughs) a.m.? That's not going to be good for you. Well, I think there is, there is a, a, a like a bad trend in which we, we take bad habits and we rebrand them as they are okay. Mm-hmm. Messy habits. And it's okay to be forgiving with yourself. But that's one of the things that you rightly point out. It's like that's not going to help you in dealing with fear. That's a coping mechanism. It's a crutch. It's eventually going to backfire. But that's mm-hmm. part of this kind of popular discourse of taking these what I consider bad habits and kind of rebranding them as, oh, they're fine, they're funny, you should do it anyway. It's like, no, you develop healthy habits, things that will really get you through these times. Yeah. Well, if you start if you start drinking alcohol every day at 10 a.m., you might as well be injecting bleach. <laughs> I mean, it'll take longer to kill you, but it'll kill you. It's not a good thing to do. So, well, I think we've hit some of the high points here. There's also, we might talk about the seals of Solomon, any of the seals of Jupiter that are expansive. Mercury is something we haven't talked about. We do want to get people in communication. Make sure that you are talking to people by phone, by Skype, by Zoom, by whatever you use. Don't just use text, but actually talk to people. And um, um, Doc Murphy says, Bloody Mary's for Sunday brunch. No, no, let's not have the Lady Mary's for Sunday brunch. <laughs> that will not help us overcome our fear. That's not stepping off the porch, Doc Murphy. we got to step Doc off Murphy the porch. That's Doc Murphy step off the porch. Step off the porch. Lady Muse told us. I'm going to remember that one. We need a pretty meme for step off the porch. That is All right. Well, I, I hope we've given you some good ideas. we got our uh, client coming up, and um, there's that music. I hear it now. All right. Well, we're going to turn this over to um, Dr. Jeremy, and he's going to bring on our client. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Lady Muse of HouseofEmpowerment.com, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at LuckyMojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. 
And now it's time to go to the phone and speak with our first client, who is Anna, calling from area code 205. Anna, are you there? Hello. Hi, Anna. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. Anna has been has been listening for about six years, and uh, she's had a couple of on-air readings with Deacon Millet in the past. Um, she has never had a reading with Conjure Man Ollie or Miss Cat before, but has had prior readings with Co Meadows and John St. Germain. Unfortunately, they haven't been about this particular situation, so she's calling and uh, a brief description of her situation is as follows. She writes in, I just found out that I'm pregnant. My partner has been going through a divorce for two years. The next court date is in June. I would like a reading, please. I'm a Capricorn. He is an Aquarius. Oh, dear. Oh, Anna. Well, congratulations and good luck. Hmm? That's that's a hard situation. Um, mm-hmm. If um, he's been going through a divorce for two years, I guess I don't understand how a divorce could last that long. Um, so, and the next court date is in June. Are they having trouble dividing their property? Is that the problem? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. And um, well, has he promised to marry you when the divorce is final? No. No. Uh oh. No. Um all right. Um I'm I'm feeling this is a you you have a an a serious situation here. Um how old are you about? 35. Uh-huh. And how old is he? 40. And does he have children with his uh wife? He does. How many? Two children. Uh oh. Uh. Mhm. Mhm. And he never promised that he would marry you after the divorce. Well, uh, he I, promised to take care of me. He promised to mm. take care of the baby. Uh. Mm. But. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, can I just say something? Take care of the mm-hmm. baby is not marriage, and take care of the baby can mean anything a man wants it to mean, or a woman. Um, but it's usually a man who says, "I'll take care of the baby." They don't. Uh, that's not a marriage. They're not taking care of you, and they're not honoring you. And this is a serious. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, it's this it, is bad. So I'm going to read the cards, and then, um, then Lady Muse is going to read the cards, and Ali's going to give you some work advice. So card number one that I have here is uh, a card called the Six of Swords, and it shows a man in a flat-bottomed boat rowing a woman and a baby across a river, and there are swords stabbed into the boat. And this is why I asked, because I pulled the card, if he already has children or if this child with you would be his first. Well, this is an ambiguous card because is he rowing his wife and child across the river to get rid of them or is he going to row you across the river to get rid of you? In either case, you are stuck in a very bad situation. I I don't recommend people have um, uh, terminate abortions or not. I ask them to think about it. I don't say, you know, if you are you prepared to raise a child on your own, this card does not look good. And it really says to me that you may have a, a long road to go here before you get what you want. 
Um, it the card is the six of swords, so that prompts me to ask, um, how long, how far along are you in the pregnancy? Uh, one or two months. Okay. Well. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh huh, honey. I'm I'm just saying this man is. He's made himself some trouble. Well, you helped. I mean, you you did this too, and you could have done something about birth control, but you didn't, and I don't know why. I'm not going to judge, but um, I hope that everyone listening understands that, you know, it takes two to make a baby. And um, this card is really a card that says there's trouble in, in this situation, and it's not. It's a sad card. The woman is huddled over with a blanket over her head, like she's a refugee, and she's got this little baby next to her, and and the man is just rowing them away. And um, he may not come through for you. He may not come through. I'd like to think he will, but he may not. Um, now, divorce that's been going on for three years. Are you sure it's been going on for three years? It's I mean, two. two years, excuse me, two two years. Are you sure it's been going on for two years? I am sure. I met him okay, after good. he moved out. <clears throat> okay, good. Well, that's good. At least she's not a liar. All right. Well, the next, card, the next card is a card that says there needs to be more work done. This is the Eight of Pentacles, and it shows a workman making little coins. Uh, that's why I ask, because, again, I pulled these cards. That's why I ask, is there problems with division of property because this card says there is some some property issues some money issues that have to be resolved he may need Mm -hmm. to step back from all of his demands and realize he stepped into some new something new if he's going to drag this divorce on and put you through all kinds of wrong and the baby all kinds of wrong um he's gonna he's going to be what they call um penny wise and pound foolish because if he if he just would close out the divorce um you'd be in a much better position since he has not promised to marry you you really have to consider is this you know do you have children of your own from a previous relationship no no yeah this is hard this is very hard for you i can see this well, I know I know. if you have the baby, you'll love the baby and raise the baby. I see no doubt in that. But this man has put you in a very bad position. And this says more work needs to be done. And uh, he needs to do, he needs to get, go through that divorce process. And um, the third card that I have here is not a really a resolution. In other words, I'm not seeing that you're going to end up suffering, but I'm also not seeing that you're going to end up married. And um, what I do see as the end of it is a card that is called the Queen of Wands. Now, the Queen of Wands is a woman who's very strong, and she wears gold and silver clothing. She, We were talking earlier about a fear of the unknown. We were talking about um, uh, the solar influence for courage. She has a sunflower in her hand. She has lions um, behind her on a banner. She sits on a throne of lions, and in front of her she has a little black cat. She has golden sands of the desert on one side, silver sands of the Sahara on the other side. She works by day and by night, by sun and by moon. You're going to have to really put yourself in a position to declare yourself a queen. Um, He may marry you. I'm not saying he won't. But what really, the work that has to be done here is for you to be brave and strong and courageous because... 
this is a woman who is the most powerful of the four queens and a woman who is certainly someone who is um, going to be able to handle her her own life. I'm sad that the first card I got in him was a weak, weak card. He feels beset. All these women have caused him trouble. You know, oh, they're all having babies. Now he's got to take care of the babies. I'm sorry. Uh, This is not a man living an orderly life. And I I don't dislike the man, but I'm saying he should have prepared better. And anyone Mm -hmm. who lets a divorce go on for two years is a man who's not doing the work. So I would say second card, get him to do the work, get him to step up to it, get him to divide that money and get what's needed to be got. And then if he doesn't come to you, you'll still be a strong woman. You're still someone strong. She's a very wise woman, and you can handle this. Um, If you want the baby, that's on you then. But you can't say, he don't don't believe he's going to take care of the baby for you. I just don't see that as... A fully realized. All right, I'm going to turn this over to Lady Muse. Thank you. Well, he- well hello, Anna. Girl, hello, hello. Like you in a, a, a situation. That ain't a situation. That's a situation that you got going on. <laughs> uh-huh. So, okay, so um, I'm currently utilizing the Quest Tarot, and I will say that I often tell the ladies that when you decide to have a baby, you have to be prepared to take care of that baby by yourself if need be, okay? So we know the situation with him is is shaky and rocky, and especially with the reading that uh, what this cat just said, but you have to be prepared to uh, move forward at this time. You know, you got that little bundle in you, and we got to make sure that you stay safe, and the little bundle is safe. Now, the first card I got is the, the multiverse card. Okay, which is the unbound card, followed by the Father of Wands, the dagger supporting in the no position. So I, I agree with Miss Cat. Miss Cat, I do not see him uh, uh, being as responsible as he could be. Okay, so you may want to think about child support and things of that nature. Uh, get yourself set up. Okay, don't wait till the last minute. Okay, I did get the Daughter of Wands. Okay, the daughter of wands is the luxury card. So going back to the father of wands, this is what he's trying to avoid doing. And I do see him not being uh, uh, responsible, okay? The father of wands is sitting on the book. It's like his potion has spilled over. Oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? Okay, so you want to be, again, set yourself up for success to make, you know, to make a life for you and your baby. Because if this does not work out with this guy, that. Your spirit guides can give you, bring someone else into your life that will love you and that baby because all is not lost, all right? I did get the Empress card, all right? And I'm looking at his wife. She's a very strong individual. She's a, a very upset at what has gone on, okay, what is going on. So you may have a fight on your hand. I would definitely do some protection work. I'm pretty sure Conjurman is going to give you some good uh, uh, spiritual work advice because you definitely want to protect that baby, okay, because uh, she's not happy, all right? And then I got the death card in the end, okay? And so, um, again, I, I didn't really get any good cards on as far as your situation, but this is letting us know that you have to set yourself up because he's not going to be, uh, I don't see him being what you think he's going to be. You know, I know you love him. You know, I can tell that. You know, but uh, I don't see it, girl. I really don't, Anna. And and I'm sorry that we have to tell it to you like this, but I know you'd rather know the truth and what's going on than us to pull your coat and blow smoke up your skirt, right? Mm-hmm. 
So with that being said, you know, set yourself up properly, okay, uh, so that uh, you can raise this baby and, and, and you don't want to be so stressed out with the back and forth stuff that he's doing and things of that nature. You may have to put your foot down, okay, and and if he's taking forever to get this divorce done, I mean, there are things that you can do group work-wise that can help him put a fire under his behind and speed things along if necessary, okay, so, but either way it go. Make sure that you're setting yourself up in your mind that you're getting ready to see a mommy, no matter what he does, okay, so that you can have a, su- a successful uh, a birth and pregnancy. Ms. Cass, back to you. Yeah, I, you. I hear that loud and clear, and I, I second all of that. Um, even down to, I'm going to take it right down to daytime television, um, you are going to want a DNA test. You're going to really, you know, this man is this man is not. I mean, nobody t- two years for a divorce, and he's got a pregnant it's, it's girlfriend. Not, it's, it, it's not him. Well, it's, there's a difficult there's a difficult uh, mother involved, like absentee, alcohol issues with the mother. He's a great father, and it's okay. in a. Well, He's a man the one taking care was, of the two man, kids. Yeah, I, I understand. I hear you. I hear you. But he never promised to marry you after the divorce, and that's what I worry about. And if she's an alcoholic, um, that doesn't stop the divorce. That's a custody issue. Uh, the divorce right. first, that's, that's, custody that's part of second. It. Those are two different family courts. Okay, just saying, just saying. I mean, I, I hear you. You love him, and I hear you're saying he's great. But I'm saying. Mm. Uh, you you're on a time scale now. You're on you're on a you're on a railroad that's going to lead to the birth of a baby. It ain't getting off that track. You're on that track, right? And if that's where you go, um, you have a, a you have a schedule. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Doc Murphy adds something which I often say, and thank you, Doc Murphy, for reminding me. His kids may be praying for him to stay too. That's another mm-hmm. issue. And that they're not to be at faulted for that because you know they they want that. Let's turn this over to Contraband Ali and see what root work we can do. Yeah, I'm going to recommend root work that that kind of covers uh, a couple different bases here. Uh, first, what I want you to do is is really kind of do protective work to ensure uh, everything is good with you, your uh, child, and your pregnancy and this man. So I want you to get a photo of you and him. Ideally, you want to use a photo from when you are actually pregnant. So if you need to take a new photo, take a new photo together. You're going to place this into a picture frame. And in the back of the picture frame, between the photo and the actual back, you're going to put an envelope. And in that envelope, you are going to put calamus root, blood root, basil, rose petals, rosemary, and flax seeds. This is protective. It's blessing. It always ensures that you will have a little bit of an upper hand and that he will always do right by the child. Once the baby is born, you want to take a photo of all three of you together and replace it in the um, picture frame. Place this picture frame in the living room and anoint it with blessing, uh, house blessing oil, blessing oil, uh, stay with me oil. You're going to put all of that on the outside of the picture frame and just keep that somewhere going to fix that picture in the home. It's going to be protective and also ensure that you kind of have a little bit of a grip uh, on him. This is important. It's it's the first step and the base of what you're going to do. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to get his underwear. 
get his used underwear, knot it, and bury it in the backyard. This to ensure that he will stay uh, with you no matter how rocky things get. And then the third thing that you're going to do, and this is to push him towards marriage a little bit more. I want you to get his hair, place this into a jar with rose petals, rosemary, and magnolia. I also want you to take the thorns from a rose. This is to prick his conscience a little bit. Uh, some people have used it with, with actual needles. I prefer the rose thorns. It works really well. You're going to cut them off, and you're going to put them into the jar. Then you're going to pour your perfume of choice that you wear. You can just pour half of it out into this bottle, keep the other half for yourself. You're going to pour it in there so that it's just enough that, you can, that there's some fluid, that it's floating about a bit. You're going to close this jar, and every day you're going to shake it up and call upon him to marry you. This is a really good way of getting reluctant men to step up. It pricks their consciousness. It gives you influence over them. It gives you power over them. And you're going to work with this daily. You're going to hide it underneath the bed if you can, uh, or hide it somewhere in the house where he cannot find it. He should never touch this. He should never see this. This is hidden work for you and you alone. And you're going to keep working that to ensure that uh, he listens to you. You're going to use the exact same perfume that you've placed in there. The rest of it you're going to wear on yourself about the house. This is a way to work on him subtly in order to get him what to do. You can also complement this by getting marriage oil, rubbing it onto your hands, and then touching him with this. All of these are ways of subtly influencing him, pushing him towards finally popping that question and bringing about marriage. Now, I don't want you to push too hard. There shouldn't be heavy domination work here or a lot of heavy, uh, or, you know, compelling work here because it may backfire. It's just not the right circumstances for that, but you do want to keep nudging him in the right direction. So three-part working in order to turn this situation in your favor. Protection work for you and the family. Uh, not work to make him stick around, and then finally jar work in order to jar and contact work in order to influence his mind and heart. Uh, let's see if Kat and uh, uh, our wonderful sister Muse have anything further to add. Well, Lady Muse said um, said something here that in the chat, and I'm going to read it. He has some mm. issues that he need to get healed from that is connected with his wife before he steps up to the plate again. Tell it. Tell us about that. Yes, Conjure yes, um, Man gave some uh, good remedies to help speed up the process of drawing him to her. Because he has he has to get healed. There's some things that he went through with his wife. Like you said, she's an alcoholic and done all these things. So he still has these things going on in his mind, okay? So he has to let all of that go in order for him to move up to the plate again. So that could be the holdup with you. You understand? So that, it, like Miss Cat saw, that it may not happen right away. It was kind. Of, it was kind of a, a yes, no there. So that could be the problem because of the of the things that he's gone with his wife. So just keep that All in right. mind when you're doing your work. All right. Well, that was our there was our little bumper music. So we move on. But I really um, I feel for you, Anna, and I I, I wish you all the luck in the world. Um, call us back if you need some more guidance and help. So I'm going to um, uh, turn this over to our announcer.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Lady Muse of houseofselfempowerment.com in Victorville, California. Take it away, Lady Muse. All right, get your pens, your pads, your tablets, or whatever you're going to write with. This is called No More Fear, Power Up. This is a two-part ritual. Part one, cleansing bath and hiss of tea to break the chains of bondage done for three days during a waning moon ending on the dark of the moon or starting on a Sunday waning moon and ending on a Tuesday waning moon. Items needed. A. A black and white visual candle with the black on B. Eucalyptus to cast off evil and to put a stop to personal weakness. C. Hits up to kill jinx. D. Bone set to get rid of enemy tricks. Fear. Affecting your health. E. Hits up. T. You're going to simmer one teaspoon of hits up in water, add lemon juice from a fresh lemon and honey to sweet. F. Lucky Mojo Fiery Wall of Protection Oil and G, Lotion of Your Choice. Instructions, here we go. Light your black and white candle on your personal altar with your petition under it. Create a herbal bath with eucalyptus, hips up, and bone set. Simmer on soul with at least nine cups of water to last three days. You will use three cups in your bath water each day. As you are bathing, sip on your hyssop tea and relax as you are meditating on all the negativity brought on by the spirit of fear being washed away. You can meditate on the following words, a combination of 2 Timothy 1 and 7 and Psalms 51 and 10. God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I command the spirit of fear to release me, and I strip you of all your power. I cast you into the abyss, never to return to me again. Lord, I thank you for deliverance. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me and make me clean. Create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. Lord, I thank you for deliverance. After your bath and you air dry, lotion your body with the lotion of your choice, loaded with Lucky Mojo Fiery Wall of Protection Oil. Don't forget to toss a bit of the water towards the sunset, which is the west which is what is done when you are getting rid of something. Snuff out your candle and relight it each night. After the third bath, burn your petition with the candle flame and blow the ashes to the four winds, counterclockwise, north, west, south, and east, and then let the candle burn all the way until finished. All right, here we go, part two. Power up bath for courage and success. This bath is done during a waxing moon, preferably eight days, prior to the full moon and ending on the full moon, or starting on a waxing moon Sunday and ending on a waxing moon Sunday. Items needed. One purple candle, visual candle. B, 
See, hide John the Conqueror Root to conquer your fears and win battles. See, Master Root for mastery. D, Gorge for courage and bravery. E, Five Finger Grass for success in all that you do. F, Solomon Seal Root for wisdom and success. G, Peony Root. H, Lucky Mojo, Crown of Success Oil. I, Lucky Mojo, Power Oil. And J, Lucky Mojo, Lavender Oil override anxiety and to remain calm in decision-making situations. Okay, a second lotion of your choice, a different lotion than the previous. Instruction, here we go. On your personal altar, light your purple seven-day visual with your new power petition underneath. Simmer your roots and herbs on the stove and make your tea for a one-gallon bath. Be sure to label the container spiritual bath, do not drink, and keep it in the refrigerator for eight days. Pour the concoction into your bubble bath and get in and meditate on the following. A combination of Ephesians 6 and 10 and Nehemiah 8 and 10 and Lady Muse 1 and 1. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Lord, I thank you for mercy and I thank you for your strength and peace. I thank you for your hand of protection. Success is my destiny. I am in power. After you air dry and lotion up with your second lotion, loaded with Lucky Mojo Crown of Success Oil, Lucky Mojo Power Oil, and Lavender Oil, toss the water to the east, the sunrise, which is in the direction when we are drawing things to us. Burn your petition with the candle flame and blow the ashes to the four winds going clockwise this time, north, east, south, and west, and let the candles finish burning all out. After this two-part ritual, you should feel revived, refreshed with a new attitude, and ready to step off the porch. Enjoy. Now, note, be sure to do your research prior to ingesting anything. Miss Kat? All right. Wow. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you, folks, those of you unfamiliar with Lazy Muse are in for a treat if you take her on as your root work consultant or reader. This woman is a powerhouse, and this is a powerhouse spell. What an amazing two-part spell. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful work. And this leads me to say something we were talking about before the show started. Um, Nagashiva came up with this idea that we're going to do a Lucky Mojo Spell of the Week. And we're going to be posting these. They will be spells that have been on the radio show, spells from books we've published, spells from web pages we've published, and spells from the Lucky Mojo Forum. So every week, Monday, we're going to put up a free spell of the week on the Lucky Mojo Facebook page. I feel like we should start with this one. This is so good. Right. Oh, yeah, this would be a great start for us. And it will contain a link to the radio show. But every one of them is going to be different, and um, I thank you for that. That is so so amazing, and you're so thorough in your work. Just a gorgeous Thank job. You. Yeah. So I learned from All right. this. <laughs> I did yeah. love the uh, the Lady Muse, <laughs> chapter one, verse oh, you, one. Oh, you, you, you caught that? Yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and all of, you, all of you folks who are having problems, all of you folks who are having problems with a lack of courage and a lack of go get ness Call up mm. Lady Muse. That's the lady. She's on. Um, she, you're on Hoodoo Psychics almost every day, and um, we can find people can find you at hoodoopsychics.com. I'm on Hoodoo Psychics every Saturday, and there are others. Um, Sister Jacqueline and and um, 
uh, Evan Lionheart. There's a lot of people who are on Hoodoo Psychics regularly. I'm not going to call all their names. But um, if you want a reading um, from Lady Muse and just um, let her rip, man. She can tell you the truth and she can also fix it for you. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to turn this over to Dr. Jeremy. He's going to give us our concluding announcements, and then we're going to all come back in our own little ways and say goodbye as we can. Take it away, Jeremy. Well, thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man Ollie, and thank you, Lady Muse of HouseOfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest is Deacon Miller of altars.com in the high desert of California, bringing us the topic of love in the time of COVID-19. Once again, we've come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Boot Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman Ali at theconjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your permanent announcer, Dr. Jeremy White. <laughs> the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in the archive via luckymojo.com backslash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. I finally did it without messing up, and Papa Newt should be proud. <laughs> oh, all right, that's too good. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for being here. Um, stay connected with us through our Lucky Mojo Facebook page. Stay connected with Lady Muse through her House of Self Empowerment page. Ollie, you just got to go fishing to go find him. And um, we're also at the Air page, through the Psychics page, and of course all the relevant websites. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye, Good night. Everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.